It's 5.02. You're listening to KZMU. It's time for This Week in Moab. I'm your host today, Christy Williams-Thunton, and happy three-day weekend to you. Martin Luther King Jr. Day, 2023. have a packed show for you today on this public affairs broadcast. We are going to be speaking with Betsy Marston, editor, and Dave Marston, publisher of Writers on the Range, also be speaking about their upcoming 30-year anniversary of publication, which will have uh, wonderful photographer Peter McBride as one of the guest speakers. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about that. Also going to be having a live guest in studio of Pete Sands. Very excited to meet Pete Sands and hear about the work that he is doing. Uh, Many things. So thank you for keeping it tuned today. We'll start the evening by talking about Writers on the Range, a popular independent nonprofit syndicated opinion service with over 150 subscribing publications across 17 mostly Western states. They've been published in 210 newspapers and counting, including the Moab Times Independent, which recently reported that this feature, Writers on the Range, is among their most widely read. It's exciting to announce that uh, an event is happening coming up this Saturday night, this week in Moab, hosted by Betsy and Dave Marston. Uh, Writers on the Range is going to celebrate its 30th anniversary from 5 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Saturday, January 20th at the Moab Arts and Recreation Center on the corner of 100 North and 100 East. Hosted, again, by uh, Dave Marston and editor Betsy Marston, former editor Paul Larmer, uh, the former publisher of High Country News, Writers on the Range, Nonprofit based in Paonia, Colorado, going to be here in Moab, Utah, for the celebration of its milestone year, including a buffet catered by 98 Center Street and an open bar with beer and wine. Uh, Peter McBride is going to be the featured speaker, and I believe we have our guests on the phone right now. Hello, do we have Betsy and Dave on the phone? Hello. Hello. Hi. Can you hear me okay, Betsy and Dave? We sure can, I think. And you're Christy. I am Christy. I am so grateful to have you both on the air with me today. And let me just start by giving a hearty congratulations. 30 years of, (laughs) of covering all the stories that matter in this wider neighborhood that we share. Thank you for your work. Oh, well, thank you. And we're so young. <laughs> yes. I don't know <laughs> how you pulled that off. Just amazing. Uh, you're going to be here in Moab this Saturday night, and there are a lot of things we want to, you know, celebrate simply about Writers on the Range, but perhaps more importantly, the stories about the land that we share. Um Pete McBride is going to be there. We can get you to maybe say a few things about Peter's work. But uh, maybe you can start us off by 
telling us, either one of you, what you are most excited to share to recollect with the audience this coming Saturday night? Um, well, I'll start. I think it's a survival story. Because uh, Writers on the Range started in Montana. Three men got a grant and uh, had a great idea. Uh, but after a year, um, they decided they couldn't pull it off and asked High Country News to take it. And after a lot of deliberation, uh, my husband, then publisher, Ed Marston, uh, he said, okay, and got Paul Armour to take it on. And with a marketer friend um, who was hired by High Country News, Steve Mandel, um, they, they convinced editors it would be a good idea to have a, an opinion sent to them once a week. Um, and so they ran that for a while. And then in 2002, uh, Paul and I switched jobs. He became editor, and I took over Writers on the Range. Uh. So it had a second iteration. And then when I stopped doing Writers on the Range... Um, in what, 2022? 2018, when Dave. 2018, thank you, Dave. Um, uh, I took it over, and uh, here we are celebrating four years uh, as an independent nonprofit. And Dave can tell you, I never thought that we would get permission from High Country News to lease the name. Uh, and somehow he he got that done. How did you do it, Dave? I asked Paul Warmer, who's then executive director of High Country News, uh, to coffee. And I said, listen, you know, you, you cl- unfortunately, Riders on the Range closed in 2018. And this was 20, late 2019. And said, uh, you know, we want to lease the name and give it a shot. And, uh, and I talked to the Larry Rickman, uh, executive editor of the Colorado Sun, who said, you know, Times have changed in the newspaper industry. You should just give it away for free. <laughs> so we started a nonprofit and leased the name. And, and, uh, and yeah, and truly a nonprofit that, because we didn't make any money. We still <laughs> don't. <Yeah. laughs> we hey, talk about a labor of love. Uh, but you know what I was thinking about in this celebration in Moab uh, coming up? It's a labor of fun. There is nothing like working with writers um, who really care about what they're writing about, whether it's the dwindling Colorado River or wolves coming back or uh, abortion in Idaho um, with women really having a terrible time. Um, there are just so many subjects to care about. Uh, so, you know, I think we're having a good time. Well, you've really stepped up and it it there is something kind of an altruistic thread uh, of truly believing in the importance of a functioning uh, society based on its being well informed. So once again, I just thank you both. You know, the last time you were a guest on this week in Moab, Betsy, you uh-huh. and uh, dear Ed shared your thoughts as the Malheur controversy was taking place. And yeah, that was a ton of fun in your little studio. Yes, I'm glad you yeah. remember. I'm, I'm oh thinking. Oh boy, yeah, we uh, got carried away. To tell you the truth, nobody ever asks us what we think. 
you know, we work with people who tell us what they think. So here, here we had this chance to, to rattle on. Well, I'm going to uh, just do that again, because I am very interested. Uh, you wind up being kind of a broad student of all the affairs of the public and wind up being kind of informed yourself. So I, I look at you both as experts that way. You know, and regarding the Maller controversy, which is where we left off last time, it seems like the political tensions and power struggles around public land and private profit and states' rights in particular have only increased since. And so I'm, I'm kind of curious if you've noticed a trend regarding the public sentiments regarding land use closer to home here on the Colorado Plateau. I think um, I, I've seen progress in one way, and that's a uh, lessening of conflict between ranchers and environmentalists. Remember, there used to be a sign that said, uh, cows, not condos, you know, a bumper sticker. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as, as ranchers sell out, well, what takes their place? Well, it's not another ranch. It's um, it can be ranchettes. It could be a, a billionaire extending their their property. Um, I, I think the land trusts have have really gained acceptance among uh, the ranching community, and I see it here in in very very conservative Delta County, where. Um, families that have been in ranch, ranching for five generations, they're um, putting easements on, on their land, especially along the river, the North Fork of the Gunnison. So I see a lessening of tension, tension and an understanding that um, we got to save all the land we can from inappropriate development. So I think that's a plus. I mean, the Bundy family, what can you say about them? They are not rational people. Uh, you know, there will always be people who who are way, way opposed to the federal government. But I, I think they're the exception to the rule here. They are not rational people. Well, that is such an encouraging and... Uh you know, straightforward response, Betsy. Thanks a lot. Uh, yeah, very encouraging. I loved the story that I believe you wrote about uh, ranchers and hunters and how a... Oh, I didn't write that. You didn't write did behind Dave, the scenes. Did Dave I write that? I just edit. Ah. No, no. Well... Are, yeah, did, that was Leslie Allison of Western Landowners Alliance. Yeah. Uh, when she emailed and said, uh, you know, I didn't really like that uh, hunting piece you wrote, I said, well, terrific, <laughs> write your own. And uh, and she said, okay. And, right. uh, we, Betsy uh, really edited her uh, quite a bit and asked her to do a lot of extra work. And uh, I, You know, really, I'm I not sure I... Fantastic I don't agree I did that much. But here's the deal. Anybody who wants to... I really believe this. Anybody who wants to write an opinion can do it. And all you have to do um, is maximize your your facts, write 
50 words and uh, have it grounded and you tell your story and you try to regionalize it um, and you have a strong opinion and then you send it to me and then I rip it apart. No, I really <laughs> Just kidding. Give me your email. I, That's it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can be on, uh, well, what is the word? Brusque. And say, you know, we need more here and less there. And usually the less applies to words. Mm-hmm. It's You know that old thing? Who said this? That I would have written you a short letter, but um, I didn't have time, so I wrote you this endlessly long <laughs> so, um, mm-hmm. I think the thing, I don't know, you call it altruism, but I think it's, we, what we base Writers on the Range on is a love of the West. It is a unique region in this country. All that public land, millions, I mean, so much acreage, so much to fight over. <laughs> so, I mean, we love it as locals. David now lives in Durango, and I've been in Peonia for almost 50 years. Uh, I mean, we really care about these issues. And so when we get a writer who, um, who knows stuff, maybe not ever written anything in their life, I mean, that's a real treat to get that stuff, to get those opinions out. And then, as Dave said, to get reaction and have a conversation where where uh, people are talking to each other, and we're not ranting. Although, we don't love ranting. <laughs> no, I, there's, there's, uh, it sheds more heat than light. That so, but aggregating it when people care a lot—that's uh, that's big work. So, I, in fact, this takes me into a question for Dave. You know, uh, in your review of 2023 stories of interest, also great, uh, the most. Red Award went to Dave, whose piece about the looming energy gap appeared in 67 publications. I understand it prompted an invitation from none other than Amory Lovins, the guru of energy efficiency, uh, for you, Dave, to visit the Rocky Mountain Institute and learn why you were so wrong about small, <laughs> modular nuclear power being an option. Um, I understand you accepted that invitation and teased us with a January uh, release of your opinion about whether you've seen the light. I'm wondering if you would like to recap that story and give us maybe a sneak preview about what you've come to regarding nuclear. I'd like to say first that uh, Betsy wrote the the, the recap the end of the year. Um, But yeah, the the uh, the the story with with Amory was that I didn't go to RMI Rocky Mountain Institute. I went to his house in uh, in Old Snowmass, which is a, fa- a fascinating place. He's harvesting his eighty fourth uh, crop of bananas, as he calls it, um, and they truly are bananas. And he has a koi pond and papaya trees and uh, no heating system. Crazy! So wow! And it is. An, and it is amazing. And he's a terrific uh, interview. And he, um, when he called me, um, I have to say I was incredibly nervous. And I said, well, can I interview you? And he said, yes. And um, 45 minutes later, I realized I had asked him one question. And in the meantime, <laughs> <laughs> what an you know interview. so much, Dave, and you know so little. 
Exactly. And in the meantime, he had, you know, torn my piece apart beautifully and, and actually quite generously and, and nicely uh, apart. And um, yes, I do have a piece. Betsy and I are working on it. And um, it, it's taught me a lot. And, and truly, it's about, um, you know, hitting the books after you talk to a guy like that. Um, and so uh, it, it, the, the fascinating part about Amory Lovins is He's 76, he knows everything, and he is so positive about the future. Um, and that's yeah, what... that was startling. You don't want to give too much away, though. We're going to send it out soon. Like, you can read... Um, <laughs> yeah, I, but, I, won't, I won't give it away. But yeah, he is, he is uh, he's, <laughs> he's very positive. And I, and I wanted to just add one other thing about um, Writers in the Range, and this ties into Pete McBride. When... Dad took uh, took it over in 1998. I introduced it actually. Um, he reached out to John McBride, and John McBride wrote a check, which I think was thirty three thousand uh, dollars, to fund it for the first year. And John is uh, Pete's dad, um, and, and just the just the connections going back to to 1998, and now to you know 2024, and they're celebrating this this 30th anniversary. And also. Um during the 90s, Pete McBride was an intern at High Country News. Was yeah, really? that's, you gave him his break. <laughs> oh, well, that's a, he, he's a generous guy and says that. But he, um, he was a, a, really a talented photographer. And uh, he was the first intern to ever get a center spread, two whole pages in, the, in what we then called the newspaper. Now it's a magazine. Um, and he, it was terrific uh, photographs. One from a plane, his dad's plane, of a, con- a big spiral from um, cattle being fed hay in the winter. And then another picture was of a sort of a ranchette sprawl. And uh, they were just paired, and uh, they were beautiful. He also spoke Spanish and reported on the Spanish community, 14,000 people or so, in the Roaring Fork Valley. Um, and we'd never had an intern who, who uh, came in knowing that um, well a language to do that kind of story. So, um, yeah, I'm thrilled that he's going to be at our Moab event. And again, that's going to be Saturday night, 5 to 7-ish. You're going to have a Q&A with... I think uh, KZMU's own news director, Molly Marcello, will help with that outing. Uh, And wonderful to have Peter McBride. His work is so widely celebrated for so many good reasons. You start reading about his accomplishments, not just as a National Geographic photographer, but his adventures included this epic trailless Grand Canyon trek 800 miles with award-winning author, friend, Kevin Fidarko. I wish Kevin were going to be here as well. Uh, but together they spent over two years documenting the river from source to sea, and the work resulted in an award-winning film, Chasing Water. I wish there were time to have a screening of that one. Um, mm. And he'll be here uh, speaking Uh, about his experiences and ostensibly about the big break that you gave him. Oh, come on now. (laughs) There are some some people who don't need much of a break. 
Uh, <laughs> he was going to be somebody, no matter right. who ripped his stuff apart. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's going to be a slideshow. Do I have this right? You're going to be doing. He's going to be showing some of his uh, work. Well, yeah. he's, uh, you know, I'm in charge of uh, of uh, helping him, and, and he's asked for a, a, a projector and a screen and uh, and a PA. So, uh, apparently, ostensibly, he'll be showing some video, which uh, he's become a talented videographer, and some photos, um, and then, of course, speaking as well. So, um, yeah, and then the, then the audience will get a chance for uh, for some questions uh, for him. And you'll also be, I, I understand, kind of fishing for a few ideas of interest to see what people want you to focus on in the coming year. Oh, it's a call to action. Yeah, we're looking for writers, and we're looking for ideas. So, yeah, we hope that people, you know, have dusted off their uh, opinion pieces and are uh, dropping them in our, uh, in our hands uh, in, in person. <laughs> well, anyone, well, everyone should know that um, we're always looking for writers. We're trolling. <laughs> and we're looking for people who don't think they're writers, well, but they are. Thank goodness. <laughs> because they have something to say. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a there's a, a man in, in my town who's going to be in Moab, Rick Frymouth. And every summer he uh, lives in this uh, high um, tower, and his job is to scan the sky for smokes and uh, report imminent fires and he does this all day while his wife uh, Linda spins wool and I said Rick you've got to write about this and he said I'm not a writer I said well just tell me what you do all day and he said I'm maybe going to do a draft and now I hear he has a draft so that's I mean that's really what writing is you're doing something interesting and have an opinion, and now you've collected facts and you put them together. I mean, that's what writing is all about. You've got to care. Well, we've just heard about uh, the power of a question. Just tell me what you do all day. Uh, <laughs> just showing what you two do so well. Again, we just celebrate you and uh, ask you to drive safely down uh, up from Durango and over from Paonia. Uh, regardless of what the weather decides it wants to do. There will be a uh, beer and wine open bar and 98 Center buffet and uh, a world of respect for your work. We thank you for spending time here on the air today. I wonder if there's anything else you want to say, a message of open peace for the listeners today. Uh I thank you, Christy, for, for caring about the West the way you do. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Christy. Thank you, Dave. Thank you for taking up the helm. I just wish you all such good luck, and we'll see you Saturday night. Oh, terrific. Thank you. Well, what a treat, uh, showing just how come it is that uh, precision matters, and great to have editors uh, and producers, publishers, Dave and Betsy Marston here on This Week in Moab Today. You're listening to This Week in Moab, and what a huge pleasure to have in the studio none other than Pete Sands. Thank you for coming in today. We're just going to let you find a, yep, and we'll fix this up. How's that sound? It sounds real good. All right. 
boy, are we glad to have you on the air here at KZMU with Navajo Highways, the educational show that you do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, and uh, Navajo Highways Puppet Show is happening this week in Moab, Friday the 19th. It sounds like just such a treat. Tell us about what's happening Friday. We're doing a live puppet show for the community. Uh, It's a free puppet show at uh, Star Hall. I'm doing two shows in the morning for the HMK Elementary School because I'm doing workshops with them for the rest of the week uh, there at the elementary school. But the kids, you know, the different ages come and they want to learn about puppetry. It's really a program about revitalizing the Navajo language and the culture. So we are aiming to, you know, draw an interest and inspire the Native kids at the schools and try to get them interested in learning the culture once again. And, you know, the puppets really help that. You know, they love puppets everywhere I go. Schools, elementary, like the kids go crazy and I take out the puppets. Like I'll show a video first, like a couple of skits, and then I'll bring out the puppets. And I'm like, oh, they're here. You know, and they get all excited and realizing that they can bring them to life as well. But that's what it is. Yeah, it's a language program. We do live shows, and the live show is really informative, and, and it's fun, fun for everybody. And that's going to be at 6 p.m., this yeah. Friday. Yes. And uh, where, again, is it going to be? It's going to be at Star at Hall. Star Hall. Yeah. Wonderful. And free? Yes. Wow. Free. I mean, we're taking donations. If people want to donate to the cause, then they can we'll take a donation, but it's free for people to come. And uh, actually, we've been doing workshops with the high school kids this past week. So they've been building this state. They've been building this uh, the state sets and everything, painting it and everything. So... It's really, we got a lot of kids involved, and they've been loving it so far. I can really feel the vitality of it just by hearing you talk about it. It it fills my heart. Thank you, Pete. You're welcome. Uh, when you're talking about the cause, it's not just to keep uh, culture whole and alive uh, for future generations. That That is the cause you're talking about, if people yeah. want to donate. But you, you have other... Uh, other projects that you've been involved in. You're formerly the Utah Navajo COVID relief uh, representative. Mm-hmm. Um, you are currently of Pete Sands and the Drifters, a band, so you're a musician. Yeah. And uh, Coffee Before Honky Tonkin podcast used to be through KZMU, now independently produced. Where can people find that? Everywhere well, they find their things? Coffee Before Honky Tonk can be found just spotify uh, apple podcast now um i work coffee for honk tonk and mainly focuses on rural america like ranchers and cowboys cowgirls um things i grew up with things i know people i toured with country musicians so you know i go out there uh, i work a lot with the professional bull riding association oh, pbr so i work a lot pbr the, the bull riders and those type of people. So it's it's really with the, the rodeo realm of things. So it's it's something I love, something, you know, that's where, you know, that's where the heartbeat of America is, the rodeos. And oh. Everyone loves rodeos. It's so, true. Yeah. And do you have background in ranching? Is that part of your background personally? I started, We I worked on little ranches when I was a little kid. We had some horses every now and then when, with different homes I went to live in. But, you know, when I you know graduated high school, I kind of went roaming. You know, and the best place for any roamer is a, a drifter, is, a, you know, ranches, fine hand, hand work. 
ranch handwork. So it's just something I love. You know, it's connected to earth. I think it's important for people to keep that connection of using your hands and working the earth and moving things with your hands. And it, it, it humbles you. It keeps you humble and teaches mm-hmm. humility. Keep your feet right on the ground. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love it. It's fun. And um, it really... Bringing that to my kids and having my, my young daughter out there. She loves being around horses. She loves being around animals. Mm-hmm. And it's just great to get kids, their noses out of iPads and phones and, you know, back into reality, you know. Ah, right. Away from the technology <laughs> where things are real. Yes. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Uh, tell me then about the puppets and what great uh, instruments of telling stories. You're going to be telling... Uh, Danae, uh, stories, uh, what kind of stories are you going to be telling through the puppets? We're going to be telling Danae adventure stories. One thing I've learned being in this educational sector is people learn best when they are when they don't realize they're learning something at all. <laughs> so you teach through entertainment. You teach through uh, humor. And, you know, Native, Native America has always been really, they're really well known for their dry sense of humor, like a really good sense of humor. And I think having a sense of humor is what got a lot of people through tough times. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of different types of people, different cultures, they they would not have survived. They weren't able to laugh about things and find a lighter side of situations and just pull your way through. And that's important for people to learn nowadays, especially with mental health, is, you know, you, you got to learn not to take every comment every dislike so seriously you know you don't you don't know these people it doesn't shouldn't affect you mm. and uh go about your daily life and just you know between, between you and the uh you know whatever you call it whatever you want to call yeah. it, the great spirit god yeah. whatever you know nature you know and that's your relationship and that's what should matter most is how you connect with that and i think bringing that wholesome the wholesome environment back is important because if you remember things like Sesame Street or uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, it's very simple, yet it was impactful. It was so impactful. And just bringing that with Navajo Highways was very important to me because it's not just a Navajo audience that comes. It's, there's also now, the last time we did this, a lot of them were non-natives. And it was important for me, for non-natives to understand what was happening within the context of the skits. Because sometimes jokes can be inside jokes when it comes to culture and language. You're like, what are they saying, right? So I made it to where I I crafted it to where if you if you had no idea if you don't, anything about Navajo culture or the Navajo language, you still know what's happening. Mm. And that's important because the message is all the same. You know, we're all, we're all one race. It is such a big gift. You can just feel the medicine in it, really. No wonder. It's for all ages. Yeah. And... Are you going to be maybe, uh, are there some familiar connection points? Like I'm aware that in uh, many different nations, wintertime is time for coyote tales. Are you going to tell There's, some coyote tales? Well, we'll tell some coyote tales, but it's really, I think it's more of, you know, I'm working with Grand County School District right now and getting the kids involved within the skits. Oh, are you? Yeah, so we're going to have a lot of kids in the skit, so we got to keep things very simple because <laughs> you got all these movie parts. Right, right, right. Um, and I think it's it's great for for people to see a community come out. You know, there's a Native community here, an Indigenous community here in Grand County that's underrepresented, but when they come out, it's not just, I'm just like, it's not just for you, it's for all of us, for, oh. for, for the community to realize that, 
if you want to learn this, we can teach you. You know, it's just, it's important that we all come together, and you know, just just have a good get, forget about your problems at least for an hour, and just get along with each other. Well, I'm I'm quite taken by it. I'm ever so grateful. Uh, I'm wondering if there's anything else besides just reminding people again, the Navajo Highways Puppet Show this very week in Moab, Friday the 19th, Star Hall, free uh, for all of us, and 6 p.m. What else do we want to say? It is uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, a day for when we're all supposed to realize that we're braided together. Um, Maybe some word how do you feel about all that? I think Martin Luther King Day is mostly regarded as service to others, servicing others. And, you know, we, a lot of people, we're going through a lot of weird changing times right now. There's <laughs> a lot of things happening in the world. And everyone's scared by the things they see on apps, social media apps. It's like a fear-mongering system. And we got to remember that the only real change we can make is treating your neighbor and the people you live with equally mm-hmm. and with care and thoughtfulness. That's the only way we can change the world is just between you and the person that lives next to you. And you got to be able to get get past things, learn how to heal. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to learn how to heal. You can't go backwards. There's no going back. You got to move forward. And right from learn. where we stand. Eh? Yes. And, um, you know, treasure mm-hmm. each day. Ah, I treasure you for being up here on KZMU. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, thank you for having me on here. I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, very much. Um, I wish we would have been able to speak outside the studio. I would have asked you if there was a song I could cue up to, uh, you know, give you the glorious uh, intro and outro. Uh, so we'll just remind people, I suppose, to check out your show because Coffee Before Honky Tonkin is the real. It's the real <laughs> thing. Yes. I travel out to so many different ranches, so many different places, so many different people. And not just ranches, shows. You, listen, you, know, you talk about rural America and there's, you know, what does that voice sound like? It sounds like Moab, right? sounds like Castle Valley. It sounds like LaSalle. <laughs> you got all kinds of characters here, all kinds of people from different backgrounds. And um, when you, when I, when I go meet people and, you know, just the whole thing that the biggest theme I think I get from the coffee before honky tonkin is connection with land. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to be indigenous to have a connection with land. You just got to work the land and walk it. Listen to it. Listen to it. You know, you know, you you got to feed it as well. If you feed it, it'll feed you. So, and this, you know, farmers and ranchers are scarce nowadays. And that's what I like to highlight is, you know, that, that part of life where, you know, people talk about organic. You can't get more organic than a ranch (laughs) and a farm. Oh, you're a treat. Please come back to KZMU with your ample free time, Pete Sands. Um, Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. It was fun. It's good. It's good being here. I like KZMU. Good. Good good people here. 
Same to you. Thank you, Pete. Um, yeah, oh gosh, it's already 20 till. All right, then uh, what's for supper tonight? What are you doing? Uh, hopefully some dim sum. <laughs> <gasps> dim sum. Yeah. Oh, we'll have to talk later about where you get that unless you're making it yourself, in which case I'm following you out the door. That sounds just fantastic. You're welcome okay. to my kitchen table. I didn't say it doesn't taste good, but we're having dim sum. (laughs) Enjoy to your health, Pete. We'll see you on Friday night, Star Hall. Thank you. I'll see you all there. Thank you.